0: Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level BizTech. everybody welcome to this episode of the podcast on next level biz tech we're going to talk about technology we're going to talk about business and everything in between and so this week we have got a uh, part of our contact center series in the last episode you heard from brandon knight the leader of the contact center practice at talaris and his perspective on the market where we're at where we're going what we're seeing and today we we get the pleasure of being joined by phil files who is the vice president of global solution consulting at five nine phil welcome thanks for joining
1: yeah uh, thanks josh appreciate the opportunity now you're
0: this is a this is a well-known brand that everybody's going to know you guys are a a, a huge leader in the space but before we get into the the good stuff, uh, I always love to look for stories. And so uh, I'd love to hear any good stories you've got, your background and, and anything uh, you know how, how you've kind of gotten into this space over the years?
1: Yeah, uh, mid- nineties, I was given the opportunity to take a job as a PDX software technician for Sun Microsystems, who's now part of the larger Oracle organization. And so I spent about a year learning how to build phones. And voicemails in the old at ATT G2 platform and AT Audix. And about a year into it, uh, one of my colleagues walks into the office and says, Hey, I'm going on PTO for a couple of weeks. I I run the call center, right? I'm from an IT perspective, he ran the call center stuff. He said, I really need someone to pick this up for a couple of weeks. Nothing's gonna happen. You'll be good. Let me let me just give you some training. Well, that training was about 45 minutes in duration. He said, Don't worry about it, nothing's really gonna happen. Well, Fast forward a couple weeks later, he's on his way home. And unfortunately he was in an accident with his family that took him out of the office for six months. And so I became the go-to call center guy. And uh, what I expected would be short lived and nearly made short lived by making my first call flow change that looped callers and they never queued. (laughs) And so I made the call flow change, the business director left, 20 minutes later, she ran back in the office. We're not getting any calls. There's all these calls and queues. What did you do? I thought this is probably the beginning and the end of my contact center <laughs> experience and uh, did it didn't end up that way. So I spent uh, about the following four and a half years doing uh, call center IT for both Sun and, and Cisco and then took a role at Genesis. And that was my first foray into solution consulting, sales engineering, whatever we're calling it on any given day.
0: And then, what, about, it's about 10 years now in the, in the consulting role, uh, Solutions at five, Nine?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, I'm about to hit my 11th anniversary wow. at the company, and I've had a variety of roles. I started as an SE, I uh, was one of the early SEs hired for the enterprise sales segment. I, I did uh, about a year and a half of sales, which I've done that a couple times in the course of my career and always remind myself why I'm not m- maybe a sales guy. I'm better a technical sales guy. Uh, and then took uh, the leadership role at, on, of the SE team back in 2018. So it's been a great ride.
0: Awesome. Good growth. Great. Yeah, really, really good growth that you guys have seen. It's been cool to be a partner uh, all these
1: years. I've seen a lot of. Yeah, that. Thank, you. thank you for your partnership. It's been, uh, been a great experience for us as well.
0: So let's talk about this technology. We're going to try to avoid all the acronym speak, but I mean, we talk about it CCAS, Contact Center as a Service. I mean, I, I think a lot of people out there, I, I started, one of my first jobs in tech was doing dial-up tech support for MSN at a call center, uh, taking those calls when, when people are trying to, to get troubleshot on the main single dial-up line that they have. So you have to give them all these steps, go try it, yeah. and then call back if it doesn't work. So obviously call centers and contact centers come a long way in that. W- let's talk about what you've learned. I mean, you've, you've seen that transition over time. You've learned a lot of things along the way. What do you like most about what this technology does, and, and what do you think you've learned that's been the most valuable over these past years?
1: And what I like is just the pace of innovation. And I think that's been true in Contact Center for a long time. Certainly the transition to cloud has accelerated that innovation, right? You don't have to worry so much about infrastructure and the back end and 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 making sure that you're prepared to consume a new feature or solution. It's, it's really more of a provisioning exercise and then certainly some implementation and configuration. But that constant change and the pace of innovation and the impact it has on the business has has really intrigued me over the years. And I think it's what's kept me in this segment of the market. And, you know, there, there's kind of this cliche that's been around for a long time. Contact center is the front door of your business. And I think a lot of companies might have rolled their eyes at that until COVID. And even though that was true, I would argue pre-COVID, because in many cases, I think you you would find contact centers took more Interactions, more traffic, more inquiries than a brand might take in a local store, as an example. Um, I don't know that that was always well appreciated. And I think certainly think COVID made that more appreciated. So the impact that the contact center has on the business has always been intriguing to me. And it's been a long road of kind of evangelizing that to companies. And I think we're finally at a point where that's pretty widely acknowledged across the board.
0: Fair point. And, and, you know, you and I were talking a little bit before this about uh, we we don't do well with boredom and so yeah. uh, nerds yeah. like us tend to thrive in this innovation and, and you know, where everybody else might look at it as chaos, right? It's It's, oh my gosh, yeah. this is so amazing. Is this thing that we're looking at the next greatest thing and do people understand it and how do I boil that down? And so I wanna jump back to that point for a second on the innovation side, right? You, you guys are a, you're an innovating company. Uh, you're, you're focused on now, but you're focused on what ne- what's next. Talk to me about how you feel that Five9 has kind of innovated, because you've been right smack in the middle of seeing all that innovation.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, our brand until maybe the last few years maybe wasn't quite as recognized as some of the other brands out in the marketplace. And and so for those who, uh, who don't maybe know us as well as others, you know, we were really one of the pioneers for what is now uh, Cloud Contact Center or CCAS. You used the CCAS acronym earlier. So we've been doing this since 2003. And really Five Five Nines Heritage was an outbound dialer that was delivered through a cloud-like service before cloud was really a, a household term, if it is a household term. Some might argue it's not yet, but nevertheless, you know, and so over the course of the last 18 years, we've expanded from outbound to this very robust solution that offers, you know, inbound, outbound digital channels. Obviously, AI and automation is a very hot topic for many of us in the market today. And we have a lot of solutions we've delivered in that space and and enhancements we've seen. So I think, you know, starting from that foundational, how do you deliver this service on more of a subscription basis? where it's more consumable, more available to the market because you don't have to make that significant investment in infrastructure and IT resources and all of the investment that came along with the legacy on-prem stuff that we took kind of out of that, that formula for, for cloud. But really starting from there, going to where we're at, you know, it's, there's been consistent innovation over the last 18 years. And I think you're going to see that accelerate as we move towards more of a hybrid model where We still have some private cloud. We're moving towards public cloud. That's helping us increase that innovation as well. So
0: if I flash back, I I always did really bad as a call center agent on the QA (laughs) and the QM because I would spend so long trying to help somebody because I just wanted to get them figured out. I didn't want them to leave frustrated. And they wanted my talk times to be sub 20 minutes and I was 45 every single time. And so I uh, I was horrible. And I remember the 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 contact center manager would always have to walk over once a month he would plug the dual the y jack in he'd sit there with his clipboard and then we'd see hopefully he caught the things that i said or didn't say wrong or was doing wrong you know and and could coach me on that can you let's let's flash forward then to where we're at now what do you see from an ai or, or what do you see from an automation perspective around that around the qa qm how is that I want to make sure that people understand how that technology is coming to our world and helping a contact center, helping a supervisor do the things that they need to do to be successful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm not sure you gave the greatest commercial for being an agent, but uh, nevertheless- uh, I learned a lot, okay? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, (laughs) candidly, it's a challenge we hear quite a bit, right? Agents have a very tough job. And so, you know, they want to serve their customers and the ones who do it well are very invested in- uh, making sure they represent the brand appropriately, and they're helping solve problems and challenges that hopefully retain that customer. And for many businesses, you want to grow your customers, right? You want to grow your share of their wallet. That's that's a big part of any business. Um, you know, AI is on an interesting course, and, and some of these are my opinions, so not necessarily sanctioned by my employer, but I, I think there's an argument to be made that you know, AI and WFO are on a little bit of a collision course. You know, as you said, WFO, QM, as an example, has really taken the role of recording interactions and you evaluate your agents and then you do some coaching. And I think there will always be that opportunity to introduce that type of technology, right? There's, You're always going to need some technology stack that helps give agent guidance, but you're starting to see that surface in AI, And so if you look at 5.9 Agent Assist, as an example, that's an AI solution that monitors the real-time conversation and can not only transcribe that conversation, but can also render next best action. So we call them coaching cards or guidance cards. And in that case, right, we're serving up to that agent information that's relevant to their dialogue. And so does that mean WFO goes away? I don't think so necessarily. It just means if the system is programmatically giving the data to the caller, how do you evaluate your agents? You're no longer necessarily evaluating them for their ability to find information or to go to various data sources and get the right information and and deliver that to the caller. You're probably more focused on things like empathy. Are they empathetic with that caller, right? Do they connect? Do they make a personal connection?
0: Love it. Love, love what hearing that stuff. I love seeing what the technology is able to do, where it is real world applicable. Cause I think when AI first started coming into this space, none of us could productize or understand where and how it's a fit. So it's cool to see, um, see fits like that and help people quantify what it, what it's doing.
1: Yeah. And I think the market in general has gotten better about defining AI use cases. You're right. When it first came to market, it was very ambiguous. Hey, we're going to do AI. Yeah. What does that mean? We're going to do AI. Like, <laughs> Isn't that cool? It's so cool. Yeah, And it is cool if you apply it in the right way. And I think the market in general has done a better job of, of figuring out what those use cases are. We've spent the last few years talking about practical AI. So agent assist is one example that using AI and more of a self-serve speech environment through IVA, uh, intelligent voice assistant or, uh, is another example. Of that.
0: Good points. And uh, let's, Let's dive in then to an example. I mean, you, you've seen countless amounts of them, right? The opportunities, the customers that you get pulled into. Walk me through uh, maybe a specific solution. What did the environment look like? What did the business have before? And then maybe what did they have after? Because part of what I want, you know, a, a, as current partners, people thinking about jumping into this space, or maybe are selling an adjacent technology that haven't jumped into Contact Center yet, I want them to envision what, how this fixes, what it improves, what the experience is like. So maybe walk me, for, uh, walk me through a kind of a before and after if you can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll walk you through one that's kind of near and dear because I was the solution engineer slash solution consultant for this particular customer. And they're one of our larger customers now. In fact, they're using just about everything in our portfolio. But they started with five nine with 20 seats of outbound dialing. So they had an on-prem solution that was uh, managing all of their inbound call flows and, and interactions. And they had some point solutions for digital channels. They weren't doing a whole lot in the digital space quite yet. They saw a need for dialing. They certainly didn't want to make the investment to put an on-prem dialer in place because of the hardware, software, just all of the dollars that go into that. And that, that's a pretty you know, consistent hurdle for, for companies to overcome, especially on solutions like dialing. So they came to Five Nine. We talked through their use case requirements. We could serve those. We started with 20 seats. They applied those 20 seats to a program over a four-month period, and they tripled their business results wow. compared to the previous years. And what they acknowledged was, you know, not only did cloud give them the ability to consume a technology that historically had been kind of off limits, if that's the appropriate term for them, but it made them so much more nimble. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that. You know, uh, cloud certainly changes the economic model for many companies. And, you know, it can deliver some value propositions that may have been hard to achieve in other areas, I guess in other solutions as we think historically but it also really facilitates faster response to market conditions. And so, you know, you don't have to worry about all that infrastructure and architecture. I can provision a new solution in the course of a couple of days. I can probably deploy it in a week or so and I'm off and running. And that's really, I think, a game changer that we sometimes overlook in the space.
0: Yeah. Great point. I, I, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, you know, we've got to be able to communicate with, the customers, you know, their customers in the way that they want to be communicated with. And so Mm -hmm. I, I love when we can do some of these discovery calls with our partners, with the end customers, and not just say, okay, what do you have here? What do you have here? What do you have here? Okay, we'll replace that. It's let's learn about the basics and what's required to make your business function, but what would change the game for you, right? Are you aware that your competitors are doing this? Are you aware that they're communicating with their customers in this way? Does that does that give you a leg up? Does that help? And so I love being able to 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 architect for that and, and having technology, right, like this through yours that that gives us the ability to do that. Because I think it's sometimes it's just an art of the possible conversation with customers.
1: Yeah, I think as technologists, it's easy to get enamored with transformation. I have this amazing solution that can totally transform your environment. And what we we often lose sight of is the fact that's overwhelming for a business. So, you know, if you, if you look for those, even those point opportunities, where's the point opportunity where I can solve a critical business need, we call it land and expand in five, nine, we're happy to land in a much smaller part uh, of the business. And then we're confident we can expand throughout that business. Once we prove the value of the solution.
0: Great point. Great point. So if I'm a, if I'm a, partner right now that's listening to this that is selling something else is, is in a different area. Maybe I'm a, doing cloud or I'm doing network or SD-WAN or, or whatever, mobility, and I'm looking to move over to this, or I'm just not into this I- I- at all, and I want to go approach people that I have relationships with, businesses that I have relationships with. What, How would you advise a partner to start uh, in, in that process? What 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 should they be talking about to their customers?
1: yeah, I think it's it's important to understand how do they communicate with their end customers, right? I've seen in my experience the question of do you have a contact center, get a response of no? And a business leader not even realize they actually do, right? And then when you kind of rephrase that as, how do you communicate with your customers? Do you have numbers they call? Do you have a toll free number? Do you have an email address or a chat uh, offering? And then often they go, well, yeah, yeah, we have those, right. That at least opens up the conversation to, okay, you do have some mechanism for customer requests to flow into the business. Now help me understand how are you accomplishing that today? And as you get a better feel for what they're doing, I think, you know, you can align more closely some of the value proposition of a company like Five9 to what they're trying to accomplish. Um, You know, there's still 80% of the market, presumably, I think the numbers are different depending on who you listen to, but approximately 80% of the market is still out there to transition to, to cloud contact center or CCAS. Sorry, I'm kind of blending those. I
0: know, I broke my own rule in the beginning. I've thrown out QM <laughs> and QA and, and luckily you, you, you caught me there and helped explain some of that. So no, At
1: least you it. did it. And I, I, <laughs> at least it was you and it wasn't me. But uh, nevertheless, right? There's still a huge market opportunity out there just for those transitions, just for businesses that need to get off that on-prem system and move to a cloud-based system. And that may be like for like. It may not be transformational. It may not be um, you know, revolutionary from a technology perspective, but there's still a huge market opportunity just to help facil- facilitate those transitions. And then of course, instill confidence in those customers that you have the solution that will grow with them as their needs grow.
0: So if if I flash back, you know, we, we sometimes kind of lump because they go together, right? The unified communication, the, the basic making and taking calls. And 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 then the contact center features, right? I need skills-based routing, I need wallboarding, I need analytics, I need you know all these these complex features, right? And we we talk about how those go hand in hand and and, and things like that. And I remember the first UC opportunity that I ever talked to, the, the customer was super excited, he was ready to rock, he was coming off of a premise phone system that, that was really, really old. And then when we told him, okay, it's this cost, it's this amount per user, cool, everything's great. And we said it's this much per month, and you get a real confused look on his face. And he, went, what do you mean per month? I can't, I can't do a capital expenditure and just just buy it outright. That's that's crazy. Why, why would I do that when I could just buy this old box and I could put it here and I can just hug on it forever and it'll be great. Well, uh, depreciating asset? No, 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 no. So now we we fast forward to where we are now, where the world has accepted the as a service fashion, whether that be in in cloud compute or in contact center or in uc in all these different areas lots of different technologies thankfully so so we've seen that we've seen that progression we talked earlier about the rapid and, and change of pace uh, of some of these technologies if we if we button this up and talk about where we think, where we think this is going? What what do you see some of the next? Uh, and and I'm not asking for any you know I know you guys are publicly traded I I, I don't okay. expect the the secrets but just from an industry perspective what do you what do you see next right what, what what's the next focus of technology or where do you see customers wanting to drive and take this to that to to create a need for something?
1: I think we've talked a lot about AI already or maybe more appropriately I've talked a lot about AI already. <laughs> Uh, and it was it was one of the faster growing segments of our product last year and i really think that's where a lot of the immediate opportunity is certainly that doesn't mean that we've matured and or that the market is saturated with just simple digital engagement digital transformation right there are businesses that don't do a great job in the digital space that need help there uh, but i think in in kind of the mid to long term it's how does ai complement the contact center believes AI isn't going to replace people. It it may replace people for certain use cases. It may replace people for mundane requests. Uh, I mentioned earlier, and you kind of alluded to it through sharing your, your experience. Contact centers can be a hard job, right? If you can take away the more mundane tasks from the agents and allow them to focus on Tasks that are more challenging, that require empathy and human connection, I think there's a little more fulfillment to that job than there is, hey, what's my account balance? Hey, Josh, I'm calling you because I need to change my address. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, awesome, 20th address change today, <laughs> right? So the ability to use AI to really serve those types of requirements very quickly, I think, is, is going to be a uh, a big focus area, and then how do you grow that, right? How does AI then complement when the call does go to the agent? How do we facilitate sharing that data? How do we help enable the agent, empower the agent by serving up the right information at the right time through what, uh, in my earlier example, the agent assist product. And from a five 5.9 perspective, you know, we do of course all of that natively, but we also are very adamant and very committed to an open ecosystem. We know that there are a lot of adjacent solutions in the market that bring very strong value propositions that we need to work with. And I think that's one of the areas where you know we do a really good job of having an open ecosystem through published APIs and SDKs so that even though we may offer a solution to meet that need, if there's a solution in the market that's a better fit, we can help facilitate that integration. I think that's really where we're headed in in the immediate term and and certainly like I said that doesn't it's not meant to neglect just some of the the more basic fundamental blocking and tackling that's yet to be done but you know we see a a significant uptick not just in AI interest but in our AI bookings as well.
0: Yeah great points and 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 you bring up a great point too of of the ecosystem and the importance of that. Uh I, sometimes the the requests are we, we get an opportunity to help a customer shape out what the art of the possible is. And then sometimes it's a, hey, who do we have that integrates with this? And I, I cause I can't get rid of that thing. I can't get rid of this, this, you know, I'm not gonna say it's an AS 400, but this thing that's in my environment that is critical and I can't uplift it, but I need to fix this technology. Can you present me with a technology so that we'll, we'll integrate and work with that? We'll fix it later, but for right now, we need to, we need to tie with this. I love the ecosystem. There's a lot of great options there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a conversation we have on a daily basis, just like I'm sure you folks do. And of course, there's a lot of details you got to get into, but, you know, we want to make sure that we don't have a closed end system. We understand the value in integrating to other, you know, common uh, market leading solutions out there.
0: Awesome. I am officially questioned out. Uh, Phil, I appreciate you jumping on with us today. That, that will wrap us up. Uh, Phil Files, VP, Global Solution Consulting at Five9. Phil, thanks so much, man.
1: Thanks again, Josh. Appreciate your partnership. Looking forward to working with you this year. Likewise.
0: Likewise. You make it easy. <laughs>
1: Thank uh, you. That Everybody, that wraps us up for today.
0: Uh, stay tuned. We're going to be on next. We're going to actually be talking to a partner about some of their experiences and what they've gone through. Um, some of the things that we're talking about. So we really get to see what that looks like and what a transformation from a partner's perspective has been hands-on. So until then, I'm your host, Josh Lepresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit
1: Tolaris.com for more information.